0: Welcome to this edition of Amazing Creation. I'm your host, Fred Johnson. This show is about the credibility of the scriptures as they pertain to the creation of the world and our origins, and in contrast to the dogma of evolution. The show is produced by the Triangle Association for the Science of Creation, that's shortened to TASC, T A S C, a Raleigh, North Carolina group of scientists and lay folks whose mission is to increase awareness of the scientific evidence supporting the plain, straightforward understanding of the biblical account of creation. Evolution is almost universally now taught in our public schools, colleges, and universities as the origin of all of life we see around us. But there are many, including highly educated scientists, who see evolution not only as impossible, but moreover as untenable when made to stand beside the revealed Word of God in the Bible. Today we have with us Mel Blinson, who, like many of us at Task, has struggled with trying to reconcile what naturalistic scientists say about our origins and the account in the scriptures. I've known Mel since he started participating in Task in 2001. Mel comes to us today to tell us about the facts behind the fossils that are so often presented to us as transitional forms between apes and human beings. Welcome to the show, Mel. Thanks, Fred, and thanks for inviting me to participate. Mel, how about beginning by telling us what brought you to become interested in creation science? From age zero to almost age 50, I was
1: taught the evolutionary view and wondered how both it and the biblical view can possibly be true when they are almost exact opposites. So when I heard about a class being taught by a member of Task in our church, I was all ears. And i finally saw firsthand how well solid science supports exactly what the bible says i attended the class twice and then took over when the teacher moved away from raleigh today i'm here to share the good news that the bible can be trusted and it does agree with true science so why is this issue so important to you mel i've been visiting prison inmates for almost every week for over 20 years now because these 19 to 24 year old men that I visit are really confused about what's right and what's wrong in life. Our public schools continue to teach them that they are basically accidents because they are products of random chance over millions of years. And there are simply no absolute truths. And then they're arrested and thrown in prison for living out the very principles they've heard their whole lives. So every week I share the radically different principles from scripture that are unchanging and will always be true the bible clearly states that we all have three enemies which are the world the flesh and the devil and these enemies constantly attack every principle taught in the bible chapter one of genesis says god spoke and man was here it did not take millions of years to come about unless he spoke really really slowly (laughs) the non-biblical view says the universe began about 13 billion years ago and man did not show up until the very end of the 13 billion years. So there's a lot of what seems to be wasted time
0: between the beginning and when we arrived. Mel, you said the principles you teach in the prison are vastly different from other principles. Can you provide us some examples? Sure, Fred. In Genesis 1:26, God says that
1: we are created in God's image. Whereas our public schools say this couldn't possibly be true, because humans came from some sort of ape-like creature millions of years ago, and anything that remotely resembles anything like intelligent
0: design cannot even be mentioned in today's classroom. How can we possibly be created in God's image when we all seem to be so defective? Nothing was defective when it was first created. In fact,
1: we didn't even need clothes in the Garden of Eden. The fact that we are defective now shows the Bible really is true because it states that sin wrecked what God created.
0: Now some people say that God used evolution to produce man. Could this be true? God's Word says man came from dust
1: and we return to dust. There are no scriptures that indicate that humans have ever been anything other than humans. In the Bible, God has a very special relationship with only man and animals will never enjoy what we have with him. Aren't men and apes very similar in some respects? In the early 1970s, a female gorilla named Coco was trained to use sign language. In this case, 40 people were involved, with an estimated core group of about six. That's quite a student-to-teacher ratio. Can you imagine what the linguistic ability of an ordinary child would be with such educational blessing? It's interesting that when the same techniques used to teach apes language were applied to mentally challenged patients at the Georgia State Center for these folks, the handicapped patients were much easier to teach than the chimps, despite all the problems the patients had, including low IQs of between 20 and 40. No one has ever succeeded in getting even one of the thousands of apes in zoos all over the world to prepare its own food or clean up after itself and animals only work when they are forced to work.
0: Most, if not all, of our universities teach their students that man descended from an ape-like creature. Why would they do this if it is so questionable? There's no way that I can speak for all those professors. All I can
1: say is that for a long time, I did not want God to be my creator because if he were my maker, he was also my owner. Then I would be accountable to him which meant that he sets the rules, not me. If I descended from apes, I could set my own rules. So for a very long time, I was hoping that God did not create me.
0: What about all those supposedly transitional forms, such as the Piltdown Man, the Nebraska Man, and others that were in our textbooks many years ago when we were in school? Are they not solid evidence that we descended from an ape-like creature?
1: Piltdown Man was fabricated in 1912 by attaching an orangutan's jawbone to a human skull cap, and it was stained to make it appear old. Over 500 papers were published on it during the next 41 years, and Piltdown Man was promoted as our ancestor until it was finally exposed as a fraud in 1953. Fame and fortune often go with these types of discoveries, so there is a real temptation to find something that no one else has. If we want to see how genuine something is, we only need to read what the
0: other evolutionists say about it. What about Lucy, the most popular ape man creature of all? Has anyone found anything wrong with that discovery?
1: Museums pay artists to make their version of Lucy appear more human like than she really is, and displays often show her with human hands, human feet, human stance, etc. But how much evidence was really found? No foot bones were found. The bias here is simply unbelievable, Fred. They take a few skull fragments and they produce a face that looks half human, half ape. One of the textbooks used in our local public schools says a nearly complete skeleton was found, but that's just not true. Only about 60 bone fragments were found when a human skeleton has 206 bones in it. So far, all the specimens have been clearly apes are clearly human specimens. We have no specimens, there are a little bit of each when all the data has been analyzed by unbiased computers.
0: What about the Neanderthals? Were these creatures also apes, like all the other cases you've cited thus far? Many evolutionists say Neanderthals
1: should be placed in the same category as Homo sapiens. National Geographic originally displayed their Neanderthal specimen as a stooped over man that looked very ape-like. But now they are displaying something that looks very much like a normal human. One researcher used a forensic computer to draw a picture of a child based on a real Neanderthal child's skull. The child appears to be no different from children we see every day. It is certainly not an ape person. Flutes have been found with these creatures
0: and apes don't play music. I understand that there are some questionable transitional forms out there. Can you tell us about any convincing example of a transitional form between ape and man? In my past classes at
1: church, I've tried to present one transitional form where no one is questioning what they found in order to be fair to the other view. However, each time I think they finally found one, some scientist comes along and publishes an article that tells us how it cannot possibly be what the first scientists claimed it was. Here's one example. On May 21st, 2009, the headline read, The Missing Link Fossil is Here. The Google homepage logo was revised to depict the fossil finding, and the mayor of New York, Michael Bloomberg, called the finding an astonishing breakthrough when he unveiled this 47 million year old primate fossil. The discovery was also presented with much fanfare at a press conference at the American Museum of Natural History in New York, where researchers called it a scientific discovery that will undoubtedly revolutionize how we understand our own evolution. And one university professor said, and I quote, It's an extraordinary fossil as an individual. I'm sure people will be combing over it for details for decades, end quote. The researchers who studied the fossil nicknamed her Ida. The small body represents a roughly nine-month-old female that probably looked a lot like modern lemurs. Many scientists said Ida's features could redraw the evolutionary tree of life and even suggested that Ida might belong to a family that is an early precursor of humans. All the above sounded like the real
0: deal. Nothing was
1: questionable. It was an open and shut case.
0: Mel, I'm not following you here. How could they possibly be saying the lemur fossil was some type of transitional form for humans? I agree with you, Fred.
1: When I look at the pictures on the Internet, Ida looks like a lemur and has a tail as long as he or she is. Two men found the fossil. One says it's a transitional form, and the other one says it's just an ordinary lemur. But I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. So I Googled this event, too, and discovered that it really wasn't new. In fact, it appears that they resurrected something that was found about 25 years ago that would help promote the re-release of Darwin's book, The Origin of the Species. Ida was actually found in Germany in 1983, not recently, so once again I was disappointed.
0: What about the so-called missing link called Artie that was in the newspaper about five years ago? Did you check that one out? An evolutionary biologist at Ohio's Kent State University,
1: Owen Lovejoy, said, and I quote, Artie's hands, feet, pelvis, and teeth are more like the bones of modern humans than of chimpanzees or gorillas. For example, her pelvis is modified for walking upright on the ground, as well as climbing trees." End quote.
0: So we finally have a legitimate transitional form.
1: Not really, Fred. Pieces of the crushed skull were then CT scanned and digitally fit back together. That The guy who came up with the image of Artie used a computer to generate the image. The image displayed in the newspaper was his tenth attempt. In other words, He worked until the image fit his preconceived concept. So for me, the answer is no. We haven't found a legitimate ape-to-man transitional form yet.
0: Mel, we're about out of time today, but would you like to make a few summary statements? Sure,
1: Fred. I agree with C.S. Lewis, who once said something like this. Either we believe that matter created intelligence or intelligence created matter. Which one makes the most sense? I believe God created everything we see, and we can trust everything he says in the Bible. And I also agree with the late Adrian Rogers on this same issue. Mr. Rogers once said, If God didn't mean what he said, why didn't he say what he meant? I think we can trust the Bible from cover to cover, and I've seen that change the lives of many inmates, plus my own life, when nothing else seems to work. Well,
0: thanks for coming on the show today, Mel Blinson. And thanks to you, listeners, for tuning in. You can find out more about TASC and some good information about the scientific study of the world from the perspective of those who take the scripture seriously at the TASC website, TASC-CreationScience.org. That's T-A-S-C-CreationScience.org. There you can learn about TASC's monthly meetings, which are open to the public, subscribe to the monthly newsletter, and read and download previous articles. Until next time... This has been Fred Johnson for Amazing Creation.